You're listening to Keeping Things Real with Spin Master C, where we talk about all things film and television. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, where you can make your own podcast for free. And now, here he is, Spin Master C. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Keeping Things Real, where I still talk about all things film and television. I am your host, Kubina Apia. First off, hope everybody's doing well. Crazy times that are happening right now. I'm still still recording my basement. My family's well. Everybody's doing well. I'm doing well. We're still in the middle of the pandemic. Phases are are about to reopen. Uh, I don't know when, but I hope I hope soon. Not just that, but also so we are in the middle of uh we're in the middle of a movement. We are in the middle of uh fighting for rights. We're still in, we're still fighting for Black Lives That Matter and. And there, it's 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 a crazy time that we are we are really living in. I mean, it's 2020. Uh, I thought this was going to be a good year, but um, unfortunately, from the past couple of weeks, I don't think it is, um, in my opinion. But we're 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 still getting through it, and we are still going through you know the hardships that black people have faced for a very long time. Like I said, this is not a surprise. This is not a surprise to anybody. It's not a surprise when black people have been fighting for their rights for the last 400, almost 401 years. And and I guess we're living at, at a point where enough is enough. Like we've been treated very poorly, not just um, not just police officers who are, who are now obviously doing their job but also uh, people who have been uh, racist, who have been, you know, discriminating uh, people of color. And and that kind of shows what the true colors really are. And it really shows, you know, the the ignorance. And I and I and I get that. I get that we are we are trying to fight the power. We are trying to fight for what's right and we are still trying to fight for the the racial injustice people are facing and we still and we are still facing that unfortunately it's not going to end i mean it's it's um five years from now ten years from now it's still gonna go and i hate to say that so i just before i just want to dive right in to um one of the to one of the um best films of the year which is the five bloods before i you know dive into the nitty-gritty I just want to, you know, really touch upon, you know, what really what's really going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and also still the protests that are going on. I mean, first off, uh, to those who are who are speaking up, not being silent. Thank you. And thank you for not giving up. There are a lot of large protests uh, across across the country, actually. Almost all 50 states are are also are really fighting for black lives and remember all lives matter doesn't count until black lives matter and i hope you do understand that because because if you say because if you try to say all lives matter and that means you are part of the problem sorry to say but that's that's just how how not only how i feel but but how black people feel so right now, really, America needs to start educating and informing, informing themselves about this injustice and how they can get involved. And as I've said before to all the non-black people, please speak up. The silence is over. Like, literally, the silence is over. I'm sorry, but silence is over. Like, even use, even use, your, privi- use your privilege to speak up. 
like use that don't be don't be sitting around and be like oh everything's all everything's all good well it's not and a until you until you be there for your black brothers and sisters even like i said before reach out to the community ask them how they're doing facetime text time i mean text <laughs> at the end of the day they're human too we're all human and we shouldn't it shouldn't have to be like this it shouldn't you know i have a younger brother i have a sister who feel the same way and that's what we ought to do is to fight for our rights because we built this country i'm not sure if anyone's even forgetting right even especially native americans got their land taken you know it's just those moments that to keep in mind and we'll all get through this together and as we all should so make sure to just sign sign petitions uh donate to uh funds I'll, I'll definitely put them on the description below and that's all that's what we ought to do be there for each other because we can't be there for each other if we're not going to help each other so now i really want to get through this uh this uh movie and before i want to do that i want to talk about you know the director a little bit so the, the the five bloods has been directed by the obviously incredible spike lee and i do want to talk about him as not just a filmmaker but as a storyteller in african-american cinema so really knowing his films right his films have you know spanned and focused on you know the issues of race relations uh for people of color and also the discrimination that that was showcased on the big screen even though it, the films that were made are still relevant. So really his filmmaking kind of focuses primarily on people of color. So like, as you may all know, there are a lot of his films that have an all black cast because he wants to show the good side. I don't, I wouldn't say good side, but, but also showcasing their, their talent and their grace. But for his storytelling of black people in America, his storytelling for those who have really gone through the thick and thin of racial injustice, fighting human rights have really changed the landscape of what it's really like to be black in america and it's still going on today even in society even in most of his films including you know tragic events of police brutality people like george floyd Breonna taylor mike brown eric garner the list goes on and i and what he, i think what spike did a good job is that he recognizes the issues that we are facing i mean he is recognizing the fact that through his films he did it through an unapologetic truth and that's what and then as he should like that's 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 how that's who he is and that's what he is is that he speaks the truth through his film and then there was and i know there is one particular film that i know that still holds true is do the right thing right do the right thing that came out almost maybe 31 years ago and still on to this day to this day to this day this film alone has been more urgent than ever because in 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 the direction of the film we've seen a lot of realistic issues that happen between not just black people but latino asians italian americans and so through the depictions of the film has been very controversial especially with uh, um, discrimination and racism so basically in the film, one black man was at a at a pizza restaurant. It's called Sal's. And while he was eating pizza, he saw a wall that's full of that has portraits of famous famous people. And he asked, he asked Sal, which is played by Danny Aiello, God rest his soul. The black man's like, hey, why isn't there a, a, a black portrait on the wall? Where is it? And Sal didn't even care. So that kind of that really kind of had a boycott to it. But I do understand frustration, and believe me, I if 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 I was him, if I was if I was that guy who really called out that 
tension. Maybe if you put, maybe if he should have put at least one or or two on a wall, that would have been nice, right? It really explores the perspective between two worlds, black and white. Even the film contextualized the critical discourse of the function of power and politics and ethnic identity. But like I said, it's one of the it's one of the greatest films of all time from from Spike. And and that still holds true onto this day. And I know I've I mean, I wouldn't say my first time, like the one the one time I watched the the film from start to end was in my film experience class with Jake Turner. Jake shout out to you. And we hold we held a, a, a discussion of why this film is still relevant. And that's because of, you know, discrimination that black people are going through on a daily basis. And another another one that I think that's relevant today is Black Klansman. So I believe he filmed that a couple of years ago, came out in 2018. And it really showcased, you know, the ugly side of the Ku Klux Klan. We all know the Ku Klux Klan, uh, a white supremacist organization. It should be a terrorist organization, by the way. So what's it, what's really about is the very first Colorado police detective, Ron Stallworth, is ordered to expose and take down, you know, the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan. And with that, that really stood that really stood out. And how that idea came to be was was that Jordan Peele gave Spike uh, like a like a book or 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 even a pitch with the pitch that says a black detective take takes down the Ku Klux Klan and the rest is history. <laughs> I mean there I mean there are a lot of praise that goes to it. It won a Grand Prix award at the Cannes Film Festival. It won a Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Is actually this is actually based on a book by Ron Stallworth himself. Shout out to him. And that film really recognizes a lot of power that goes to it. I mean, there are a lot of depictions, like I said, of racism, discrimination in the 1970s, even after the civil rights movement. And it's also relevant when I believe almost, so I, I graduated in 2017. So, like, or, so it's 2017 around that time, before I even went to college. A right, a far right rally took place in Charlottesville, Virginia. Charlottesville, you know where that is, right? Even though one night before the rally even started, white people were, were just literally screaming out with, you know, fire, you know, fire sticks and with pitchforks and people would be like, Jews will not replace us. And that just sparked a lot of controversy because there should not be hate in this country. And people got hurt at the rally. People got beaten up at the rally. It's crazy. And what's also crazy is that a person drove his car to a bunch of protesters, which severely injured people, but also killed one of them. One of the protesters, her name is Heather Hayer. So she died of, you know, critical and severe injuries, which is crazy. Like there should not be hate here. Like this is this should not happen. And even around that time, you know, the president talked on both sides, not denouncing white supremacy and racism. Even Spike mentioned too, like he did not do his job well. And I agree, he did not do his job well. I mean, in my opinion, I don't talk about. I really don't like talking politics. Like I really don't talk about like what I stand for or what I believe in. But I will say is this: the president of the United States is doing an absolute poor job. I hate to say it. Because he's not, he's not doing anything right. I mean, he's not standing by, he's not staying by for the American people. All he ever wants to do was make America great. When did America ever been great? Where is the time that America has been great? It hasn't. And so keep in mind, just keep in mind that we are all equal. We are all, we're all loved by one another and we need to take care of one another.
So now that I got that out of the way, now it's time I'm gonna go right into the full review of the Five Bloods. So like I said, I'll be going like in depth of what the story is about and how it how the film is really relevant in our society today. So remember, there will be some spoilers that I'll be talking about. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, then uh, you should go do it now rather than just listen to the podcast. For, but for me, I saw it twice. Actually, I stayed up 3 a.m. in the morning on Friday to watch this film. And I watched it the second time Friday evening just to take like notes. So... It, it, I, so I wouldn't be doing this review if I have not taken uh, notes. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to go straight into it. So really, The Five Bloods is obviously directed by Spike Lee. And based of what I have you know, researched is that this is the first major feature film that is viewed in Vietnam through the perspective of African-American soldiers in an educational perspective. So basically, like this movie serves serves as a learning purpose in the history of black america black americans and veterans fighting in the vietnam war so and this this film also pays tribute and homage to one of the vietnam epics apocalypse now <laughs> which is directed by uh francis ford coppola uh, if you guys don't know who that is then uh i don't i i can't i can't talk to you to those that may not know him he's a uh, director of the godfather one of the best uh, films in cinema history and this film also takes place in both the present day and also takes place in the flashback scenes of the war that took place from I believe 1968 through 71 so that that kind of like showcased around then uh, according to the film and so I guess what this film is really about is for obviously for African-American veterans who return to the motherland and they are out to set sights to find the remains of their squad leader, Dorman Norman, uh, that's his name. So I will get through the characters in about just a few minutes. And not only that they're going to find the remains of their squad leader, but also they're going to find the gold that comes with it. And you'll see why why that that even happened in a couple of minutes as well. When I talk about uh, the, the, the gold aspect, this actually found this very interesting. It really ties with the... the uh, the 1948 film, uh, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre by uh, John Hudson, who's the director. So what I did find out is that there are a lot of themes that goes into the film uh, and that also goes into the characters as well when it comes to, to you know, uh, greed and betrayal between, you know, brother to brother warfare. So like there were a lot of moments in the film when um like you know for example when they found the gold through the mudslide so i'm talking about present day so when they found it in the mudslide and then they're trying to count like how much gold there is like so the gold is like almost like 17 million which is crazy and so they were talking about how how they're going to use it so one of them said hey we should bring it to to our people that's what um norman's promise was but then one of them's like uh-uh no uh we should bring it to something else and that kind of like sets off this tension between the brothers and that really sets them apart okay so what are we supposed to do then so like how are we supposed to split the share or how are we supposed to use it like it, it's a little bit confusing and frustrating that the brothers really how they want to use the gold for their you know personal endeavors so for that to be tied with this particular film i believe that it 
it plays into the greed and betrayal factor. So like money does a lot of terrible things to people, no matter no matter who you are or no matter what age, um, especially when money doesn't buy you happiness. And so in this particular group of Af- African-American veterans, it kind of really sets them off of on what they want to use their share. So maybe they want to use it for uh a personal cause maybe they want to use it for you know when they're buying a car or buying a house so that kind of really sets that sets that mood and so for the first time that norman and you know the four of the bloods found the gold norman told told Guase like hey man we should bring this gold and bury it so we can share it to our people like no one like we fought for this country like we sacrificed everything for the past almost 401 years and so that really kind of sets off like the subplot of the story so i believe that throughout the film four bloods right now are trying to like, you know figure out who gets really the fair share of of gold bars that are worth you know 17 million dollars so that like i don't blame them at all but for paul in particular i mean he wants it all for himself but i'll tell you the reason why in uh, in the next few minutes so I want to go through the opening sequence of the film. So obviously the film starts with the archive footage of significant African-American leaders through through the 20th century. So the first one that comes into mind is Muhammad Ali, uh, who is one of the most famous boxers of all time. I fly, fly like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Did I get it right? Maybe, I don't know. But at one point he had a conference. Uh, he really spoke out against, you know, not going to fight in the Vietnam War and he does not want anything to do with the injustice and he even mentioned that he doesn't like he doesn't want to like submit a draft to even that will even kill you know Viet Cong I guess that's what it's called so like I have I do have a quote here from him he says uh he says the following they they says they never call they never call me nigger they never lynched me they don't put dogs on me so what I guess that means that shows that like he has you know a dis interest in fighting in the war because like what's the point like he doesn't want to get killed uh which i don't blame him uh he doesn't want to be part of the the soldiers that will sacrifice themselves to get killed so like i said i really don't blame at all then there was malcolm x uh, and he said this amazing quote too and he said he said the following when you take 20 million black people and make them fight all your wars and pick all your cotton and never give them any recompense So really what that means is that they've been fighting for equality for such a long time and obviously they don't they don't have their fair share in in human rights, not just human rights, but civil rights uh, in the United States of America. And so for Malcolm to really express that feeling, that's how black people today are feeling as well. And so... And also Kwame Ture is also part of the footage as well. He said this and I quote, America has declared war on black people. And that's very, very true. And it's still relevant today. And I believe that that really ties into the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, people are fighting for lives and the government are hiding from everyday Americans. First of all, they don't want to hear their voice. They don't want to like, they, they want to take them down by even the president even mentioned too like he called black people thugs and and animals which is which is obviously very unacceptable it is not okay for uh someone who is in high offices say that like they are thugs fighting for human rights and uh and also civil rights as well so 
that doesn't give you the place to say that. And so for that quote, according to Kwame in particular, it is very true. It's still relevant. And then there are a few portraits and pictures of notable African-American figures. Um, there are two Olympic medalists at one point where they have their list up in solidarity for the black for black people in America, which I which I got to say, that's like one of the most iconic um, pictures that I've seen. And closing sequence, obviously, uh, the ending. Um, so from coring, according from Spike Lee, there were chants of, you know, screaming Black Lives Matter, still finding human rights, equality, inclusion, racial injustice. So from a few interviews that I've, you know, watched uh, on YouTube, uh, many have asked if, you know, the Black Lives Matter scene was ever part of the script or not. And he said he, he, didn't, he didn't know that at first, but I'm glad it did kind of, that kind of like sets up, kind of sets off of what the what the movie really is is that like still on to this day we are still fighting for our rights in this country and show show the show the rest of the world that we matter too and so that i believe it really that really goes into it and also another thing too right at the end of the film there is a little speech of of martin luther king jr which we all know he is the uh, one of the most notable civil rights leader in our time. He, he obviously he made a speech on April 4th, 1967. And then when that footage ended, right a year later, he has been assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee by a, a white man. And that death alone shocked so many, not just America, but the rest of the world. And I will, and because of that assassination, I will really explain what the bloods in the film really how did how did they react to it how did they how did they feel about it how did they feel that the civil rights leader that they all know loved had been assassinated that that has been taken away from them and i'll tell you why um in the next few minutes so now i want to get into the characters a little bit uh i typed it up in detail as much as i can Obviously, the first one that that comes comes in mind is not disrespect uh, Delroy uh, Lindo, who is who who really made a uh, amazing performance in this movie. But I do want to talk to, but I do want to talk about uh, this character Otis, who's played by Clark Peters. So he's one of the so obviously he's one of the four African American veterans. Uh, he is the introspective. Uh, de facto leader of the four bloods during the war he is a former medic of the squad he is the godfather of paul's son david and while i mean while he was really medic uh throughout the movie he took some oxy uh, oxy pills to, like you know get his hips and legs going but wasn't like that uh so he decided to like you know what I'm, I'm gonna throw this out like i don't need this like if y'all think i'm a junkie then so be it and so for like his development of the character like he is very quiet he is very you know intelligent he is knows his way of things like he plans stuff ahead of time but i do want to point out too is that he has a relationship with uh with it with a vietnamese girl named tian so in the beginning of the film he visited uh his his lover and they're trying to figure out about they're really trying to figure out about this like gold 
like this gold business and how they can go about it. And they're just trying to make sure like how this gold deal should be gone smoothly as possible. And around that time, I had an unknown woman came across these two these two old birds and uh Otis was a little bit shocked that that girl is his is his daughter like he did like he did like he had this kind of this weird look that he's like he's like oh my god is that my daughter like is that really her and that kind of shows like oh my god I am the father not like not not like Maury when he when Maury's like hey man you are the father or you are not the father like no not like that like was like wow that is really my that's my daughter like I am the father and obviously right at the end um he he's reunited with um um his daughter so that was a very wholesome part in, in my end so I love how that happened <laughs> and so yeah that's so like that's that's Otis but Time and time again, he he always made peace because throughout his time in, in Vietnam and onto the present day, he was he was making sure that he was saving lives, making sure that no one gets hurt. And also really mentions that he has to take, you know, a lot of bullets out of out of the four bullets, including Paul's. So which I will get to right now. So Paul, Paul has a huge character development and he is played by Delroy Lindo who happens to work with the Spike Lee for very for a long time he actually Lindo was part of a few Spike Lee films what I what I did found like he was part of uh, Clockers and he also was part of Crooklyn uh, which I which those two films I do guys see because I heard they're pretty good. And so I want to get to Paul a little bit. So Paul, he is also one of the four African-American vets who did three tours in the Vietnam War. Three tours. Like no one, no one, no one does that, man. Like nobody does. So for his character development, his character is kind of depicted as twisted and tragic. And what I mean by that is because of his experience in the Vietnam War. He felt that he is broken in kind of like not only in a mental state, but in a physical state. There were a lot of demons that really haunt him. There are a lot of stuff that really scares him, especially when Norman got killed during uh, one of the missions in 1971. And he's also very haunted by, you know, the bloodshed that really took place in the war. So like what I mean by that is that the bloodshed was like um, people or not just people like soldiers killing innocent Vietnamese children and and babies and men, women, like you name it. But it shows how cruel and shocking the war really is. Throughout decades and through decade, through decade, through decade, we've seen every single war that has been nothing but bloodshed. Like war, war is not, war, war is not okay. Like why are we, why the heck are we even fighting? Like what is there to gain out of this? Or even our country. What is there to gain in the war? I mean, you're sacrificing for your country, right? Which I do appreciate. But, and also really the evident, the evident is that the most evident that's in his character is his political views. And so in the film that he voted for the the president, uh, he is a... Trump supporter. So he voted in the U.S. election, obviously. 
And when he said that, his brothers, his brothers were shocked. His brothers were shocked that he even he wouldn't even vote for the guy. President Fake Bone Spurs. That's that's what it, I think. That's what um, you know. One of the bloods mentioned during you know you know the campaign rallies. And so he also started wearing the Make America Great Again hat, which the brothers are also shocked too. And that hat is also a a symbol and a representation of who he really is. Like, he doesn't care about nobody but himself. When it comes to him, he doesn't really give a shit. He don't give a shit about nobody. Like, he don't, even he doesn't give a shit about, he doesn't give a shit about his son. But I'll tell you why he doesn't give, give a shit about his son. Because he felt like, he felt that his son was turning against him. And I remember there was one point in the movie where, where his son, David, uh, um, I, b- I believe he, uh, I believe he's bringing, uh, like, unt- like he untied a girl who was trying to like pee, go to the bathroom, and he, um, I, I believe Dave, I mean Dave is a good person. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, he, he's like a kind of like this gentle giant. Like, he just, like, he just want to make sure, he just want to make sure that girl's alright. Like, if she, if she, if she needs anything, she can let him know. And so when while she was done, Paul just like you know came up and just be like, hey man. I know you're trying to cock block, but she cute though or whatever. And then that kind of kind of set David off a little bit, but he didn't say anything. He doesn't want to say anything that'll make his father upset. And so when they came, when both of them came back, Otis really kind of smacked Paul from behind, thinking that, hey man, Paul's not Paul's not a good guy. Like, what are you doing? That 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 really turned against him, you know. Um, Paul, like he, throughout the film, he he doesn't he doesn't like his son, and for him to really say, "You are son, you are dead to me. Uh, you will not like you will not take me down. Like you will not kill me." I think that's 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 the sad part, cause. Like no, like no son should go through that, or or even the dad too. Like they shouldn't go through that. I mean, for Paul's in Paul's perspective, like that's your son. Like you should be there for him rather than you just you know push him away. But Paul still didn't listen. He still didn't listen. He really still didn't listen. So he decided to go on his own. Like he took his you know fair share of the gold, and he. And he like he like he's completely done with you know Otis and um, and the rest of the rest of the Bloods. Like he's like you know what I'm on my own. Like I'm sorry. And then later on in the film, he was walking alone until he saw Storm and Norman. So actually, this was revealed too that like Paul killed him by accident when uh, a soldier was trying to creep up on the two. He was forgiven by Norman after revealing that he that it was an accident and there's no such thing as bloodshed and that shows like a lot of that shows that moment right right there shows a lot of redemption for Paul finally realizing that that he was in the wrong and he's just he's just truly sorry Paul loves Norman like a brother and that right there is shows like one of the best performances I've seen in a while and I know one might ask, will he be an Oscar contender for best leading actor this year? Absolutely, 100% yes. Because 
throughout his through his character development that shows that a black soldier who is going through the nightmare and the bloodshed that he has been through in the war and later on he gets forgiveness and redemption by by the brother he loves the most and so yes i think that dior rindo did an a fantastic job with this character with this character he didn't want he he didn't want to do it at first because i know according to the interviews that he was double checking the script over and over and over again until he was like okay i think i got it but the part that door didn't really like was that he didn't like that his character would be a trump supporter and that kind of and being and then being a trump supporter in a film like that kind of really help that really helps connect um in the story and so we're right there the rest is history i'm 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 glad that i'm glad i'm so so glad he made this character the way it is like he made his character the way it is and i'm so happy for him that he did that another another character i this is actually one of my favorite characters is uh, melvin played by uh, isaiah whitlock jr uh, he's also one of the uh, four vets. Uh, through his development, he's a fun, loving character who has a very hilarious personality. He's not afraid to take risks for his 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 brothers, and he also wants the brothers to be together. Uh, no matter how, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what frustrations they have, no matter what type of moments that they're going through, all Melvin want wants to do is. W- he wants all of his brothers to be together like that is all he wanted in the world and really the sad moment in the film that like i was i was shocked that he did this but sad moment is when he sacrificed himself uh, in the end of the film by by doving into the grenade saving otis and rest of the people who survived and i was i was i i kind of i kind of teared up a little bit but i just i'm like man that's my that's my guy man like come on now plus he has plus he has a son and actually his son's 18 years old and that's crazy and i feel so bad and i feel so 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 bad for him especially his son because i'm just looking at him like oh my god what is his son going to think third one obviously eddie played by norm lewis he's also one of the african-american vets through his character development he is rich and a fortunate character and so like he so like in the beginning of the film, you know, he covered, you know, the trip costs for all his brothers to have an awesome reunion, have want to have a good time. And for his own fortune, uh, it's unfortunately revealed that, like, you know, he is broke. So like he really spoke upon you know, how he got broke. So basically he gone through bad investments and finances that are overdrawn. His car dealerships uh, are gone, uh, not named anymore. He, like he doesn't he he doesn't think about it that much but like he got at least he got that out there uh, at least he was you know he at least it was brutally honest to the brothers and i really don't blame him at all and there was a crazy moment that they stopped for a break um through the jungle he accidentally stepped into the landmine which blew him up after the bullets really found the gold and the boys didn't, did not even realize that this would even happen. It's, it's crazy how this it's it's a it's a crazy world we're living in, especially in especially in Vietnam. Like Vietnam is crazy, and I feel really really bad for him, which was really unexpected. 
for the most part like that that i did not know like that was in the script or that was even even showcased this is a crazy this was one of the most craziest moments for me i've seen in a film the last time that actually happened was king's been the golden circle one of them kind of got blew up by a landmine i'm like damn that's crazy man that's crazy and obviously there's david uh played by jonathan majors uh he's obviously paul's son who's really worried about his father so he decided to come to vietnam and you know make sure that like his father's all right but i feel like he's doing everything he can to be with his father love to love to love his father but his father's like you know what i'm I'm you like like get away from me like like leave me alone and so like he he's making he's making that push like you know he like he is he's trying he's really trying and through his and through his development of the character he's a calm and he has soul and like I said he is he has been hated by his father since the day he was born and then when he first came here the only thing he can't the only thing he can do is to really reconcile and and bond with them making sure that like he is in he's in a good state making sure that like you know his father is not doing anything stupid or or crazy and he, he wants them to be calm in a sense so like he like so he is uh he kind of brings peace to the group so i want to get into the fifth last blood um and that is norman stormer norman by chadwick boseman so Y'all know who he is. Like, he is one of the most amazing uh, actors. He's actually happens to be one of my favorite. Um, you know him from, um, you know him as Jackie Robinson and Thurgood Marshall and Black Panther, which Black Panther is one of my favorite movies. So, of all, of all time, best Marvel movie. For, so, he, for, so, for Chadwick's character, he is the fifth blood and squad leader of the 1st Infantry, Infantry Division. So, he really led that squad with grit and grace. Um, and according to according to Otis, he mentioned that he gave them purpose for something to believe in. They gave him a direction and a purpose. And I actually I got this uh, got this film call and he said he talks about black history when it really when it wasn't really popular popular back then. He was our Malcolm and our Martin. So so Stormer Norman has a lot of knowledge and. Uh, wisdom when it comes to when it comes to black history and also when it comes to war mentally so like he likes like he knows what he knows what he's fighting for like he knows what he's believed in and so like it's the squad to keep going to keep fighting and not not to give up not to give up the people and for his development he's he was always strong he was always an affectionate leader that really that really carries on that that grit and that carries on that grace that the squad has. But even for Paul, he always believed that Norman was a religion. When he was when he was dead, Paul didn't believe anything ever since. Anything ever since. This is a crazy world we're living in. And lastly, but not least, I do want to mention DeRoche, which is played by Jean Reno. He is a French businessman who is associated with the gold business. 
Um, you know, according from Otis, he is mad expensive. Like he like DeRoche wants 20% of the gold. And, and obviously he does not like he does not like those veterans. Like he doesn't he does not like them at all. He was very ignorant. Um, and he was just he's not he's not even a good guy, man. Like I feel that DeRoche is uh, the antagonist of the film. Because you guys may think about, you know, the Vietnamese officer who who is attacking us, but it wasn't like it's definitely DeRoche because DeRoche he wants what's his like he wants what's his like he's taking a share like like he doesn't play no games he really doesn't and through and honestly through his character development it's his expensive personality and his kind of his body language and his his hate towards bloods is unlike I unlike I have I have seen in a while but I'm glad he's killed by uh by his um by Otis's godson Godson David, because DeRoche was this close killing Otis, like finishing him off, but but he didn't, so he can go to hell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of that. Honestly, that's like kind of like my least. That's my least character in the film. So, so I guess there you have it. Um, so the things I want to like point out is you know the cinematography and the locations so the film scenes that were really kind of shot and located were both thailand and vietnam obviously both of these landscapes were beautifully shot uh, it kind of shows like the nature and the beauty behind it and the one th- and the one and the one kind of like shot sequence that i like the most was definitely when they have this they expanded the widescreen of the vietnam sun and also they use the 60 millimeter uh sequence shots uh through the flashbacks that that that's what really pointed out to me is that they go they gone from you know present day to you know you know flashbacks going like have that vintage feel and that's what i do want to talk about like you know the flashback scenes that were that were filmed by like 60 millimeter it's almost as real as it gets it's it's also very raw uh, showcasing this type of warfare. And I feel like this footage is almost even televised. And I believe that really shows the perspective of you know, the black soldiers fighting in the war. And the cinematographer behind this is Newton Thomas Beagle. <laughs> so I think he did really an, an incredible job of showcasing really the tragic side of the war through the black soldier perspective. Using that uh, 60 millimeter type sequence, he did an amazing job with that as well. So. I commend him. I commend him for that. The cinemat- but the cinematography, I I really love it. I really love it, hands down, from start to finish. Like it's just absolutely well done. My final thoughts is one of the, it's like one of the best ones I've seen this year. I watched it twice, and what I do like about it is like this. This is almost kind of like a film and documentary combined. What I mean by that is that obviously. What Spike wanted to do is that like he wanted to, you know, teach us the historical historical aspect of of the black soldier experience. Even when he picked out several figures that really saved society, it really kind of shows that how their sacrifice is impactful and how it's impacted the country. And really the message really behind behind all this is brotherhood. Like no matter what the obstacles are, the bloods are always there for each other. They're always together and they always want to be there for each other. Even even in dark times, even when they came back to the motherland to kind of confront their fears, 
they're still together until the end. And I know that's what this film was all about. Another thing for me is, you know, it's very moving and emotional. There are a lot of things that... The one thing that was really emotional for me was definitely between Paul and David. Father and son. Just to see Paul treated his son like shit, it's, it's just unlike... I have never seen anything like this. Like, you know, when it comes to like an father son relationship, it's crazy how that happened. Also, greed and betrayal, like I said earlier, with the gold and the money, this plays as, you know, the key factor in, plays a key factor in the brothers, and almost as if the, this money and the gold rip, rip, are ripping them apart. It's crazy. It's crazy how that happens, right? And then there was redemption. Paul's really forgiveness to Norman after he accidentally killed him in the war. That's why Paul's been saying like he's been talking to Stora Norman every night. He always thinks about him. He always, you know, he wants to make sure that his death was not in vain. And so for him to be to be forgiving, to be loving is just like this this is like the this is like the big step for Paul. Then unfortunately he got killed by Vietnamese officers, which I also hate, but I guess that's how the people are. And also, last but not least, you know, my final thought is, you know, racial, racial, racial discrimination. Uh, when you look at, you know, Vietnamese officers, uh, first of all, they want the gold. Like they just, like when they first got, when I first approached, you know, the Bloods, they're just, they're, one of them was like handed over. This belongs to the Vietnamese people. Like this ain't your gold. Like this ain't your gold. Even also mentions what the Vietnam, Vietnam people are going through, especially with, you know, bloodshed as well killing innocents and i and i understand their loss but what's gotta do what they gotta do to bring you know the gold back i'm sorry and then there's deroche obviously he like he doesn't he like he doesn't give a shit about nobody like he just want to be like i want my gold like i want my gold now or else i will kill all of you and that's exactly what he did except except for otis because uh otis i'm glad i'm glad he didn't get killed but but yeah i believe that's he can go screw himself but it's all good um but other than that that's why I want to give this film five stars. Because we need this more than ever. Like this, like this movie is so relevant to the movement that has been going on now. And like I said, we still have to keep fighting. We still have to speak up and not be silent. And that's what we all need to do from this point on. So I guess that's my full in-depth review for me. So I'm glad um, um, that I really took this time to really talk about the, the fundamental and also the historical aspect of the film. Um, I'm glad that Spike made this movie. I really do. And I hope that this film will go for best picture again because I remember Black Klansman has been nominated for best picture so I hope I hope I hope that they go for best picture and also for best actor for Dora Lindo because Dora did an amazing job as Paul but but anyways that's it for me um I'm glad that um I hope you I'm glad you guys took the time to listen and I'm, I'm so glad that um you get to um listen to it so i'm very glad so other than that make sure you follow me at kubina pia on twitter and instagram and make sure you follow at keepings real pod um on the same platforms as well and make sure you check out my youtube spin master c 
uh, click and subscribe. Um, and make sure you click that notify button because whether you release a podcast, you'll know about it first. But otherwise, I hope everyone has a amazing, amazing weekend. Uh, make sure you take care of each other, love each other, lead by example. Hope everyone has a good day. Thank you guys so much.